Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Live With A Dog. My name is Panos and what a beautiful day today. I just have to say that yesterday for us in Sydney, um, Daylight Savings just started, which means we're going to be getting a little bit more sun in the afternoon and a little bit less sun too early in the morning, which is um, perfect for me since I'm seeing both the sunrise and sunset every day, basically. So um, just everyone out there, happy Daylight Savings because for me, it is um, it shows that it's the the time of the year where, where for us in New South Wales, we're going to be getting a little bit more sun and anything's a bit more of a change still being in lockdown. So, um, which today is important because we're going to be talking about fear periods in puppies and also talking a little bit about COVID puppies and what does that mean and what do we mean about COVID puppies. Obviously, we've talked about it quite a little bit in um, previous episodes. It doesn't mean that puppies have COVID. It's that um, what happens to how does lockdown and people that go through these sort of um, times, how does that affect our puppies as they're growing? But I wanted to start off by talking about fear periods. Um, fear periods are something that for me is really hard to kind of talk about and be absolute because there's no at this week it's going to start and at that week it finishes and oh, your dog's in it right now. Like it's a very objective sort of observation and you will truly know if we're going through a fear period if you know the dog. Otherwise, if you've never seen the dog before and you just see that puppy experiencing something, like, you know, um, seeing some stimulus and then having an adverse reaction to it, we may say, oh, that puppy's really scared of that thing, which is evident and it's clear, but last week it may not have happened. And what is a fear period? So it typically is a developmental period. So as your puppy's starting to develop, we start to see that, of course, they become more confident, they become more cognitive, they start to have more ability, a little bit more functions, and they can they can stay awake for a little bit longer. So as you're developing and maturing, we see these developmental stages, and we, it comes with the good and with the bad, if we can call it good and bad. So it is very similar. If anyone's out there a parent, you understand what a development leap is, or we, like, you know, sleep regressions, which means babies and there's a cool app where it comes straight like this is about human babies now is that you look at the app and they are pretty dead on about it like they say you know with your baby at this stage they have like little cloudy you know on the calendar like it's a cloudy day and a cloudy day can last like you know a week and a half and then what that means is you're going to have less sleep in that little period because what happens is a sleep regression is linked to a development leap so your baby's you know I've forgotten all the leaps now, the actual dates, but let's just say between like 18 weeks and, you know, 24 weeks is just a normal time. And then between that 24 weeks to 27 weeks, there's another, there's a development leap. So we're going to get less sleep. They're going to be a little bit more irritated. Some of the signs from what I did when I was doing the research is about as you're developing and growing, your brain hurts because it's literally growing. Another thing, just segue from that, is that I was watching something about babies where babies don't just grow every single night the same. They do less growing, like no growing for like four or five nights. And then within one night, they grow like a centimeter and a half. So physical growth, mental growth, it's all very much linked to be the same. So as a baby 
starts to develop, they're going to have more times of uh, of bad sleep. But what I noticed as my son was growing up was not only did I see that he was becoming more aware of things and becoming happy about them, but he was becoming more aware of things and maybe being a bit more scared of something, which reminds me of, and I use this frequently, um, Alan Watts, a stand-up philosopher. Um, I highly recommend you listen to some of this stuff. There's heaps and heaps of um, YouTube videos on what he did back in the day. But one of the quotes that he says, and I'll read it out here, is there's a price to be paid with every increase in consciousness. You can't be more sensitive to pleasure without being more sensitive to pain. And what that means is, is awareness is non-bias. So it's not like, oh, I'm so aware. So now I just feel good all the time. It's now I'm aware and I understand how good I can feel but I also know how bad I can feel because you're shining a light onto things. So if we're thinking about if you're a baby or if you're a puppy, let's talk about puppies now. So your puppy's growing up and go, and you've gone through that critical period. We know that they're very fresh. They don't know much. We need to start to create a foundation critical period. If you want me to, if you want me to say it again, obviously I basically talk about this in every episode is that seven to 17 weeks in that time is really, really important. It's a foundational time for your puppy's life. So we do lots of critical period socialization, habituation, and teaching our puppies how to learn and how to interact with the world and seeing people and dogs. All that stuff's very important. I'm not sure how much fear periods happen within that critical period, but we typically start to see fear periods normally around that four, six, 10 months, the 12 to 13 months, and then sometimes around 16 months. Again, I'd love people to, wherever you're watching this, if you're listening to this on through um, audio podcast, go onto my Instagram, find this video. You can even comment to be like, hey, I found this happened with my dog and this happened with my puppy. And actually you're wrong about this because what I find is it's a very, very hard thing to kind of pinpoint everything about fear periods and being super specific. But around those times of puppy's life, and they normally happen last between three to four weeks, could be even short. It could be a week or, um, long, or it could even be just brief. It could be that out of nowhere, my puppy's now scared of, you know, the vacuum cleaner being turned on. Or now my puppy's scared of people coming over. But then you may realize that a couple weeks later, it's all gone back to normal again, how it was just previous to the fear period. So, and you may even re- realize in that fear period, are they developing? Have they actually grown? Have they been able to be more cognitive of other of certain things? And are they socializing better and understanding body language? So, all these things kind of come together. So, um. So you may realize that the fear period is occurring because your puppy is now suddenly scared of something. And so that's what a fear period is. Um, let me just go back to my list real quick. I don't want to forget anything because I've written a few things down here. So like types and signs of fear periods and fears can be like to the vacuum cleaner or, or a box or a, or a plastic bag at, um, blowing in the wind. It could be somebody walking past with an umbrella. It could be random sounds of the construction site um, across the road or, you know, cars backfiring and, you know, lightning storms and things like that. Um, people and dogs, you know, so all of a sudden, you now your puppy was really cool with dogs and now acting a little bit more weird and a bit more reserved. So these will be the things that happen. Now, um, we don't want to be using flooding in these periods. So what do I mean by flooding? If you go back to like four to six episodes ago, we talked um, a little bit about flooding. Where, um, or maybe a little bit more episodes than that now. I can't keep up. We're putting so much out there for you guys. So, um, I hope it's being well received. But, um, we don't want to be flooding our pups. We don't want to be like, oh, you're scared now of that box. Well, I'm going to like 
let you, I'm going to force you right up to it. I'm going to drag you up to it so you can sniff it to see that it's a box. And then I push the box around to show you that it's all right. Because doing that, you're just going to freak your puppy out 10 times more. What I'd be doing in those situations is doing a lot of uh, counter conditioning. So every time you look at the box, I mark and reward. You look at the box, I say your name, I reward. Um, every time you see the box, I lure you into a certain way. So there's many different things you can do. But basically, bringing focus back to you. Every time that we're around the thing that was once scary, is now becoming a little bit more better. Take food out on the walks. Take the highest value food that you know. Take your puppy's breakfast or whatever. So every time we see the things that they were showing a little bit of hesitation and fear towards yesterday's walk, you know what to do today's walk. Every time you see it, you mark and reward. Start The point of this is that we can start getting our puppies to be looking at us inwardly focused when we start to be scared of things. Come close to me. I, as, a, as the handler, as the owner, will make sure that you're feeling safe. Also, when it comes to fear periods in these, and this is generally with dealing with fear, but not all the time, is that when we're walking down the street and all of a sudden your puppy has this this um, new fear of people holding an umbrella or, you know, somebody holding a bag, something random every day, but also not that you see every single time you walk past somebody. So if you, you want to be able to make sure your puppy can make some space, just show them, hey, cool, you're feeling uncomfortable, I hear you, we're going to make some space. And then once you find that critical distance, could be four meters, could be 10 meters, could be even two meters, get your puppy to focus back on you. Another thing as well, like not to make a massive big deal about it. You don't want to be seeing the person, and be like, can you stop for a second? We're like, try to like make a big deal and people like trying to pat them and you pick up your puppy and like coddle them and cuddle them and run away from the things because all that would just only validate the fear because if you're becoming more aware and now you think that could be potentially scary like before i was naive now a bit smarter and i think that's silly and then and then we all run away or oh it's okay it's okay it's okay or or um or try to force them up to it then he goes yeah there definitely was something wrong with that thing and next time i see it i will run away from it i'll freeze and shut down i may even lunge and bite at it so you want to be you want to be mindful to be acting as normal as possible you're walking he's oh hackles go up these go flat back and you know they're leaning forward a little bit with a bit of that hesitation a bit of a bark and and um if you're watching the video you can see me kind of moving my body um if you see some of that they want to make a bit of space honor that but then also encourage the the what i was saying before trying to get that focus trying to make positive experience it doesn't always have to be about food i really need to say this if we use too much food in these moments our dogs are just only in food drive. They're only just go, um, looking at us and never really get to observe anything around. You don't want to lure them up the street. or lure. Sometimes you can lure them past a scary thing. It could help, but if we're doing it all the time and every time you look at me, I always feed you, it kind of takes away from what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do here is at first reward continuously every single time. Once your puppy starts understanding or your dog starts understanding what to do, look at the box, focus back on me, I reward. Then we start rewarding randomly. Because the goal here is to desensitize them, to show them, yeah, there's a thing there, who cares, I may reward you for it. But if you walk past it, and whether I do or don't feed you, it's unlikely that that umbrella is going to come and hit you, or that box is going to fly and crush you, um, or a dog is going to come and jump on you and scare you and bite you, essentially. So we don't want to be acting too out of the ordinary. Help them out, encourage them, but also what I find is just being as neutral as possible and just... Work on that counter conditioning, get that focus on you. And again, counter conditioning is about changing their conditioned response. Their, their, their habit now is to run away or lunge at it and bark at it. 
The countering of that, we want to make an opposite reaction, is focus back on me or just continue walking past it. So let's say it's the umbrella. I walk past someone we're walking with the umbrella. He's like, what the hell is that? He, um, I get him to look at me, I reward. I get him to look at me and reward. Over the next few times of passing people with umbrellas, let's say it's particularly raining over the next three or four days, and I purposely go out to places where I may see more of that, working at a good critical distance and slowly getting closer, along with rewarding every like most of the times for your dog to start looking at you that's when we or your puppy you want to then start over time making a little bit more random so then your puppy looks at at the umbrella in the distance looks back at you good boy very good we encourage you we continue walking and then let's just say this is on day six and we've walked past uh, 12 people with umbrellas let's just say and this puppy in, individually is going is progressively successful with not having too much of an adverse reaction, not lunging and barking and running away. We may, he may see the umbrella, look in front and continue walking. I may reward that. He's like, oh, wow, that's interesting. And then the point is two, three, four, five, six, ten weeks later, we walk past umbrella people with umbrellas like it's not even there, like we don't even care about it. So we don't want to be stuck with, look at me all the time because your dog becomes so obsessed the problem with being so focused on food, 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 food is that the umbrella guy comes way too close and then we go, oh my God, there's an umbrella guy there. It's like they're not truly seeing the environment for what they are. So sometimes you have the food with you, but don't but don't be so trigger happy. Don't be feeding so much, right? Um, because I find that we want them to learn to deal with it organically as well, naturally. Yeah, people with umbrellas are everywhere and there's boxes on the street and there's rubbish around and no, noises happen. We don't want to be feeding too much into that. So I guess maybe I went too long about that, but I think that's what we t- tend to do, especially people that are taking the time to listen to a podcast. Would then I would then suggest not being not being too obsessed by the process. Try to find your equilibrium. Try to become organic about it, if that makes sense. So don't use flooding for fear periods. Lots of counter conditioning, regular, short, and positive interactions. If your puppy's now scared of the vet, you regularly go to the vet. Don't have to even see the vet. Go in there, get the vet nurse, chuck a couple of treats on the ground, make a positive. You're there for three and a half minutes, you get the hell out of there. Do that regularly. If it's in the car, your puppy starts getting scared of the car because he vomited a few times because he's car sick. You get him in there as regular as possible. You don't go, well, my puppy's scared of the vet. Now I don't go there for another three months because the next time they go, they're like, last time I was here, that thing happened and it's a pavlovian effect there's that conditioning he smells the vet and now or the vet room the vet practice rather and all all of a sudden we have emotions and reflexive behavior starting to to um, be turned on so keep them regular take note of what your puppy randomly start or even if your puppy's always scared of something then we want to work towards it so exposure is the best way for desensitization not avoiding it altogether unless you it's something that your puppy is scared of and you can't avoid it. Like the one time you went to the farm and your puppy got really scared of a cow, but how many times are you going to see a cow? If you live in Sydney, you got to drive far away to find one. So you may, you know, that's where some things can be a bit tricky. I have, a, I would definitely have a remedy to that every week. I'd go there. Well, we're talking about, actually, this is going to, on that note, I'm going to talk about, well, then how does COVID affect all of this and our lockdown and stuff like that, especially for people in Sydney. Let the dog observe it and not have adverse things occur to him. So we talked about that. Don't make a big deal about the fear episode. Be calm. Let the dog make some space as appropriate. Be calm, be calm, be calm. And be calculative. Think, don't be like, oh my God, he keeps barking at 
people with umbrellas. So we have to have a little bit of awareness of what's actually happening so we can oversee the whole interaction. Don't confuse your puppy with being defiant or stubborn. So if your puppy is scared of, you know, going to the vet, you're like, oh, he's just, he's trying to be dominant and blah, blah, blah. Um, truly observe body language, understand what it is that's happening. Um, acknowledge that the vet can be a scary place if you haven't been there very often and you are a puppy that's going through a fear period or is a little bit more nervous. Um, be proactive if you listen to this um, and you haven't even had any of these had any of these experiences. The last point I have on fear periods is the importance of that critical period. Foundations and trust building are the first steps to your structure in your dog's life and training. So building that awareness and building that understanding of getting him out giving as much exposure in that critical period will help with those fear periods because you have a foundation to come back to where the point of growing and developing is that you have a, you have something and that you expand a little. Well, when you expand a little bit, you want something to be holding that expansion together. If you have not much of a foundation and your puppy starts to develop, but not, not much on a sturdy, you know, um, you know, bedrock, rather than, you know, growing on sand, there's not much there for turbulent time. So I guess it's an analogy for you. So COVID puppies, the two things that I'm seeing when people are getting puppies in this lockdown period is that number one, we're not leaving the house much. And if we're not leaving the house much, you need to come up with plans. Again, I've exhausted this so many times, but just real quickly, make sure your puppy knows to be on your own. Spend time in a secure spot in the backyard, spend time in your exercise pen and in your crate. Um, in other rooms and away from you. So if you got to do some work, exercise pen in another room or in the backyard and do some work, replicate what would normally be. If you're a retired person and you're living and you live at home all the time anyway and lockdown's not much different, I'd be still doing this anyway. Get your puppy used to being outside on their own so they don't have that reliance on us. You don't want a Velcro dog that every time you leave for three seconds, they have a meltdown. We want them to be used to it. So when you do start going back to work, when you do start going out to the shops and going to restaurants and weddings and whatever it is, prolonged periods of your puppy being alone, it's just another everyday experience. Um, very, very important. So um, because people don't do that and they think it's cute, I'm working, my puppy's at my feet all day, it is cute, it's beautiful. And then you go out and then your puppy don't find that beautiful anymore. So so that, but then also that socialization is because we, um, we are limited. You know, for example, in Sydney, we're only allowed to leave 5Ks out of our local government area, which doesn't give us very far to go. And if I need to socialize my puppy to cows and horses, actually, in fact, I, we have a horse stables just down the road, which is lucky for us. So if you live in this area, you can get creative. I guess my point here is that we have to get as creative as possible to start showing, well, I can't go to the cafe. There is no cafe where we can sit down outside, but you can go to the Ram, like, you know, close to me is Ramsgate Beach and there's lots of people sitting around on benches. You can kind of replicate a similar situation. If um, you want to get them used to busy traffic and you live in a quiet street, drive to a highway, drive close to the Captain Cook Bridge, going into the Shire, there's lots and lots of cars zooming by quickly. The, um, for example, I've been meeting some of my clients near that bridge and we've been going underneath the bridge because puppies don't, and any any dog that hasn't had this experience, find it very scary for cars to be over, going over past them on the bridge while we're underneath this concrete structure. It's echoey, it's very loud, it's very fast. So, these are the type of thing. Get your puppy walking on rocks. Get your puppy walking on sand. Go to the beach. Go to get, um, you know, again, we can't even have legally have people come into our house. So how does your puppy get used to people coming over? I don't know. You got to get creative. Wow. 
something crashed outside and that will be something they have to sort out later if you guys heard that or not. Um, so um, but that could be a thing. Your, my puppy could be sitting right here while I'm recording the episode and something just on the balcony out there had just fallen down or was metal. That one event while going through a fear period now makes your puppy scared of anything that moves on that balcony. Something so trivial. So if I, if it was me and I had a puppy next to me, and this may sound ridiculous, but it's exactly what I would do. I would have little dry treats like Zeewee peak all around the house, something that could last outside of the outside of the fridge and things like that and have a market charged. So as soon as that noise just happened outside and I'm hanging out here, I'd mark it and reward it. He's like, what? Every time we hear random noises, I may get food. We change the way that they think. We change the way that what we are to them. I want them to be able to zero in and focus back onto me, especially while being unsure, being a little bit nervous and stressed. So, um, so if you are limited by, you know, this, um, this COVID period of lockdown and you can't get your puppies out and about, acknowledge that critical period between seven and 17 weeks. By 17 weeks, I want your puppy to be, to have seen everything that they would have already seen. And you may have done all the right things in the critical period and still have a, de- a developmental fear period um, occur around 10 months old where all of a sudden your dog's now scared of people with hats walking past. It could be so random. But acknowledge that it is that and maybe don't dismiss it as a fear period. It could be a legit fear because when you didn't notice you, someone walked past and incidentally hey, the guy in that hat stepped on your puppy's tail and freaked him out. So it could be that too. You've got to be observing of your dog. You know your dog best. Don't let the trainer or the random person have to always validate. Sometimes I, want, I would do want to encourage people to have their own intuition, have some knowledge, but feel it because no matter how much you know and think, you can learn all the dog training concepts. You can listen to every single episode. If you've never had your hands on any dogs, you don't know how to train a dog because there is an intuition to all of this. So especially um, being a father. Like, for example, we're just outside just before I started recording. Me and my wife were fixing things up after the beach. And yes, we went to the beach. How exciting. Um, I didn't bring the monitor out with me. And she's like, hey, is he okay? He's, she's talking about my son. I'm like, hey, mother's intuition. I'm going to honor that. I'm going to quickly just check. If she's unsure about something, it's usually when we ignore those feelings is when something happens. So um, so you have to bring on a little bit of that. Don't be such a worry wart. But don't be too carefree and careless either. So find that good, happy balance will help you through um, developing your puppy through COVID lockdowns. They probably brought a lot of joy to you, probably a lot of stress as well. Um, but also when those developmental things start to occur, be aware of that. And I think just on the last thing, just to kind of get a little bit deep, is that as we develop, not even like even outside of our own growth, I'm 31 years old, so I'm outside of any, like I'm, it's very hard. It's a lot harder for my mind to be plastic, to access plasticity, but we can through um, many different functions. We're not going to get into that, but basically as we start to develop and new, learn new things, it comes with wonder and awe and amazement, but it can also come with anxiety and fear because we're starting to branch out a little bit more out of our comfort zone and it's where growth happens outside of comfort. So we do kind of need the fear period for it to actually make sense. You need to be, you know, because as Alan Watts said, there there is a price to be paid as we develop to become more conscious. To be conscious doesn't mean that we're lifted away from suffering. It, being conscious is about just being more aware. And it's better to be aware when you're starting to burn out at those early stages. better to be aware that you're starting to get anxious about something because then you can catch it early, learn from it, flip it, 
and then grow from it. You know, you start to get fearful of something. You can go, well, I need to delve into that a little bit more because there is learning involved. That's deep for us because we can rationally think of that and go through the experience. A puppy can't. So we have to be that for them to go, oh, yeah, it was interesting. You're a little bit scared of that. You must be growing and developing. I'm not going to push you too hard, but we're going to make sure we come back here again um, tomorrow and um, we're going to have your breakfast out over here. And actually, this is an interesting thing as well, and this is part of that development if we're equipped and ready for it, is that you start to acknowledge that there's a fear, you work towards that fear, your puppy actually develops stronger through it because they learn to be more focused and engaged. They learn to be a bit more tougher. They learn to trust in you when things get a bit square. So then as your puppy develops outside of 18 months old to three years old, you have gone through all of those experiences together. Isn't it interesting that the closest relationships you have may be because you went through tough times together with that individual and then only later you're like, hey, we're really close because we went through X together and um, rather than we're just good friends because we've only had good times because when tough times come, are they gonna, are you going to be there with, for each other? And yeah, you have the nostalgic moment of, oh, good times happen but with that friend that you trust and love or whoever it is, your partner, your parents, whatever is that. Yeah, we have good times together, but because we went through bad is what keeps us stronger. And I think there's something to that with our dogs as well. Don't um, expect everything to be good and happy and, and, and calm all the time. There's going to be uh, things happen, you know, as I explained. You know, one of my dogs got bitten while we were at work and, you know, could have been avoided. Things happen, but it showed me where my relationship was with Nookie. She was, she was actually sore. Um, we continued the walk. She came, and as soon as it happened, she came up to me. She seeked my, um, my presence and my my affection, obviously, and her and my support. But I showed, hey, let's let's continue. And because of the foundation of what we have and all the things we've gone through together, and I haven't had her as a puppy, but I knew her as a puppy. And she sat at my house many times while she was growing up as well. So because we had that relationship. It saves us for all those future times because a bad thing can happen to a dog at three years old and that could really um, throw everything out of whack. So, if, so for example, if your dog has just had the easy life, easy life, easy life, never anything adverse and fear periods happen, but we just ignored them and we just didn't take them to those places. There's, it's a shaky sort of foundation. It's, it's more sand than bedrock. So what happens is at that four or five years old, what happens? Something occurs. Your puppy doesn't know how to bounce. Your dog doesn't know how to bounce back from it because there's no foundation. You don't have the skills and the calmness of it. And that's why we have more behavioral issues occurring and occurring. Because bad things don't stop happening to you after 18. Actually, in fact, they probably start ramping up from that age. Life will only get more tougher as we go. So it's our responsibility. It's our, it's, it's our daily duty to self and to others and, and, um, and adhering to our discipline is what keeps us together even when times are tough. So, Towards the end, and I kind of went all over the place, but it wasn't because it all, to my, to the way that I think about it, is that it, it all, there is like a glue to all of that. So I really hope that today's episode was something that resonated with you and that maybe you're going through a fear period now with your puppy and, sorry, your puppy's going through a fear period now and you're, <laughs> you're witnessing it. So, um, so take, take that on board. Actually, in fact, if you've got kids, it's kind of cool to um, think about these things happen to them as well. And I actually observed it with Leonardo, I thought it was really cool, um, that, as he became a bit more smarter, he actually became more whingier because he knew that, well, I'm smarter now. I want the cookie. Oh, I want the cookie. Where before he was just happy to get, he's like, I've got a cookie here. I don't even know what that meant. But now I'm eating something yummy. And then he didn't know what it 
how to get it. So he didn't know when he was missing out. So whinginess comes with smartness, I think. Um, so I think that's all very, very cool. That's why we say confidence first, then we can develop the manners. Let's build the confidence, manners we lay, we can layer in a lot easier. Um, so that's when we have a little bit more of a timid dog. Don't If you already have a very bold, strong dog, to make extra confidence that you're not ready to to be able to manage at that nine to 12 months old, then um, maybe you need to start layering in a bit more manners earlier. Again, feel your intuition, consult with professionals so you can get that guidance. Um, anyway, I'm going to finish it up there. I really hope that you guys have been, I'm um, enjoyed the episode once again. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you and much love to you all. And if you're in, if you're in any way that it's a little bit warm, enjoy the sun. Much love. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches.pooches.com.au. Thank you and stay tuned for next time.